welcome to the Cult Creator Experience. Successful content creation to build powerful connections. A podcast designed to help passionate experts and entrepreneurs launch a podcasting platform, successfully build a following, and become industry leaders. Hi, I'm Matt, and I'm the founder of Cult Media and the host of this podcast. I'll be sharing my experience and insights of over 15 years of content creation. And along the way, I'll be seeking out other cult creators to learn from their wisdom and expertise. In today's episode, we begin the final step of the cult creator experience. And we start by looking at how we publish our content. We'll be chatting about metadata, the podcasting apps like Apple and Spotify, the infrastructure of distribution, how your listeners can access your content, and the wonder of scheduling. Before we talk all things hosting, RSS feed, and charting on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to follow us on Instagram at cult.media and on your podcasting app of choice. Publishing your content is relatively easy. We take our finished asset, be it video or audio, and we host it on a server. We then share the location of that content with our audience for them to follow and consume. But, of course, there is a little bit more to it than that. And I'm going to walk through the process of publishing content and point out some of the key points and optimizations we can make. My first port of call when it comes to publishing content is all about good housekeeping. A specific naming convention and embedding key pieces of information into the file directly is a great way to manage your assets. And to do this, we use metadata. Metadata is data about data. It says what is inside this file. So in our podcast MP3 metadata, we can add information like the title of our show, the author, episode and series number, artwork, descriptions, and web links. And this is really useful if the file isn't named appropriately, but I did mention we should have a specific file naming convention so you can keep track of what episode is what. You don't want to just call it export one. But if you did call it export one and you had metadata, you could right click on it and see the information. Now I know that this extra step of adding metadata might not be needed with certain podcast hosts and the way that people access their podcasts. However, it can be really helpful when working with a larger archive of material. And some podcast hosts can read that metadata on upload and fill in all the details of your podcast, saving you a little bit of time. Distribution infrastructure. Doesn't this sound fun? Well, this is just the way that your content is shared with the world. With video, we have YouTube and Vimeo, and these are both hosting platforms and distributors slash players, if you will, meaning that you upload to YouTube and the video is accessed via the YouTube platform or via an embedded link elsewhere, but essentially it's on YouTube. Fundamentally, we head to YouTube to watch the content. Alternatively, we could host the content directly from our web hosting provider and have the video directly on our website. The audience would not go to our web host provider, but instead they go to our website address. Podcasting fundamentally works like this. We have a podcast hosting provider, 
where we upload our content and they create an RSS feed. RSS stands for Really Simple Syndication. And it kind of does what it says on the tin. It's a link to access the content on the host. It contains information about the shows, the art, and other key information, much like metadata. This RSS feed is shared with all of the distribution platforms, like Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, as well as others. Apple do not host your podcast. They just get the RSS feed and distribute. Spotify do not host your podcast, although... Spotify do own Anchor, which is a podcast host. Your host will also be able to share an embed code, and you can put this directly on your website, allowing you to have an integrated podcast player on your web pages. And then finally, there are the aggregators. Now, these primarily use Apple Podcasts, which still holds the lion's share of consumption currently at the end of 2021, and they syndicate podcasts to their own apps, like Overcast. So which platform is best for you? Apple Podcasts? Maybe a web player on your website? Or apps like Overcast? To understand which is best for your podcast, we need to utilise the market research that we have already completed in the people phase of the cult creator experience. We should have a good idea of what platforms our audience avatar uses. This should have influenced what our podcasting product was going to look like, whether it was video or audio only its duration, and what the value proposition was. So, if we have produced a video podcast, we are more than likely going to publish on YouTube. But, I would also suggest that we make an audio-only version and publish that via a podcast host. But back to the question at hand. Where is best to have your podcast? And the answer to this is everywhere, as long as it does not significantly increase the use of resources, i.e. time and money. A good podcast host will allow you to share your RSS feed to most distribution platforms. But why, if Apple is the market leader, do we need to do anything more than just get it onto Apple? Well, not everyone has an iOS device to access Apple Podcasts. So we need to consider not limiting our potential audience through our own actions. Now, using the web player on our website has some hidden benefits too. You can have Google or another analytics package set up on your website and you can gather your own data about your followers. And this can be compounded even further if you implement a Facebook pixel too. This can give you data that you can use in your next phase of the cult creator experience, promote. So web players are not to be overlooked. Another reason to have a podcasting presence across multiple platforms is to ensure that accessibility for new listeners is as easy as possible. Ideally, one click away. If they see your show promotion and think, I'll have a little look at that, we need that choice to be instantly gratifying. If they click a link that takes them to an app that they don't have or a homepage that then needs further navigation, you are likely to lose them before they get to hear your incredible content. And I say aim for one click, but there's two is more realistic. Click a link, click play, win hearts and minds. Simples. And a final thought on podcast consumption. 
another question, should I publish my audio-only podcast to YouTube? Quick answer, sure, go ahead. But don't be upset if it doesn't really take off. Now, obviously, it's another distributor, it's a search engine, and it's a go-to for content. So why you wouldn't do it is all about resources and user experience. Do people want to play a video of a static image to listen to audio only? Yes, some people do. Do you want to create something animated or custom for YouTube? You can, but is it going to return on investment? Unlikely. Plus, is this where your followers want to engage? If you start to get comments on YouTube, social media, you get emails back from email lists, you get blog comments, are you really wanting to be across all of these platforms? If the answer is yes, then definitely go ahead. I would never tell anyone to not publish to YouTube if they've got the time and energy to do it. And there are definitely people that like to stay within an ecosystem. If they use YouTube for everything, they will likely just stay in YouTube for everything. And this is something you should be able to find when you do the people phase of your podcasting process. Choosing a host. Okay, so now we know the process and we know where we want to find our podcast. How do you choose a podcast host? For me, it really boils down to three things. Cost, features and user experience. Now, when it comes to cost, that is obviously determined by your personal podcasting budget, something we should have looked at when we were doing the pre-production. And there's a lot of people use Anchor because it's free and it's very good for free, but it does have some limitations. And I'm not going to do a critical review of podcasting hosts on this podcast, and I'll leave that for maybe another episode another time. Next, features. Every host offers the fundamental features. The ability to upload audio content, to create an RSS feed, and to share that feed. Now, some hosts will have deep analytics, some will have integrated ad insertion, and some even have booking systems for your podcast guests. It really depends on what you're looking for and what you want the host to do. Then there is a user experience. And for me, this is the key. I would rather pay for a simple and intuitive podcasting hosting platform than use a limited and complex but free one. Podcasting, as we have learned, can be super simple. Or we can get deep into podcasting nerdism and we can make it incredibly detailed. And honestly, the podcast host should not be a stress or complex. Choose one that works for you. Oh, and one final tip on this. Look for reviews and information about how good their customer support is. Any good service provider these days should excel at making you, the customer, the number one priority. Any issues you may have, you don't want to have to wait for technical support and then maybe miss a deadline. For me, with podcasting hosts, I chose a brand that offered the best innovation, the best user experience, and simply priced plans. And that host was Captivate FM. Of course, I'll throw an affiliate link in because everyone does. 
This is just my opinion and you should definitely look at other hosting providers to see if they suit your needs better. Now, one of the most powerful parts of the publishing process is the ability to schedule your content. Trust me, trying to push out content day by day or week by week is a stress you really do not need. And I mentioned before that I think that most podcasters and content creators should try and batch produce their content. This is far more efficient and minimizes your stress. So if we have batch produced, we can use the podcast host scheduling functionality to plan out and prepare our release schedule. And this brings me on to another common pod question. When is best to publish my podcast? Well, it's about you and your audience, really. First off, don't create a schedule you can't adhere to, yeah? Don't say daily if you can't do daily. Don't say weekly if you can't do weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it is, just make a plan and stick to it. It's always better to add more content than it is to take away. And then look at your target audience. Now, we should have been engaging with our target audience since the second phase of the cult creator experience. And we can simply ask them, hey, when is a good time for you to download and listen to a podcast? To support this information, we can look at your existing marketing or content. Do your current followers engage with your brand more in the evenings on a Thursday? Do you get more website traffic on a Sunday? All of these data points can help us make assumptions and test. If we see some trends, we can use that to schedule in those times. Now let me swing back to an earlier point. Finding the time that suits you and your audience. This isn't from a content creation and release viewpoint, but instead consider how much time you need to promote your podcast. Smashing out content week after week without capitalising on the hype train or FOMO from the week before is a big mistake. Make sure your time management allows you to market effectively. Remember, consistency is important to build that know, understand, like and trust factor with your listeners. As I mentioned, it looks far better if you increase your content output rather than reduce your output to your audience. And that is it for the publishing episode. I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter because I know that post-production was a monster. And I'm sure this will come up again because there are definitely things we didn't touch on like analytics and calls to action, but we'll cover these in other episodes. So to summarize all the fun things we covered today in this phase of the cult creator experience, I shared my deep admiration for metadata. I revealed the process of distribution of a podcast and the benefits of being on as many platforms as possible. We dived back into the personal and people phases to better understand the content consumption of our audience and how we want to serve them as best as possible. I shared my three key deciding factors for choosing a podcast host and I wrapped it all up by discussing the benefits and considerations for scheduling the launch of your podcasts. This has been fun and the next episode will be our series finale we will be discussing the all-important phase of Collaborate, the promotion of your podcast. And I hope to be back with Series 2 very soon with more content creation insights and some great interviews with leading cult creators. 
And I'd like to thank you for being part of the cult creator experience and tuning in to listen week after week. I really appreciate it. And I'm always happy to get feedback. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to discuss, please reach out. And if you want to start your own cult creator experience and become a cult leader in your industry, head to www.cult.media to get your free strategy session. And until next time, be good. Be good.